evening, everyone. This is the South Fury Watch podcast, where we discuss the finer things in life, like hot dogs and voice acted ERP. Our guest tonight is an accomplished PvPer, raider, collector, a role player of a good number of characters, and overall an avid WoW player. Also an officer in the South Fury Watch. Give it up for Sid. Sid, hi. How you doing? I'm I'm accomplished. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, I think that's reasonable. I'm looking at your achievements here. Oh, um, yeah. Did you know that you have a hundred percent of your character achievements? I I did. So that that's an interesting little uh, factoid. Yep. So we've got that one. Um, and mm-hmm. then you know, I'm looking at your your PvP accomplishments here. You've you've got two K. That's that's up there. Yeah. I guess so. Um, it's what the transmog. Yeah, you got two K in threes and twos. Did you hit that on your druid here? Uh, no, I play I play warrior in threes and twos. Oh, okay. And, er, I did back then, but now I play like uh, monk. Yeah. Okay. For my actual gameplay. Okay, so then Sid's just kind of your your role play character. Yeah, I played on him for a while in the last patch, but I haven't really gotten into uh, balance or feral much, and I'm not thinking right now. Okay, so and my monk's my healer. Okay, okay, all right, yeah, because one of my one of the things I was gonna ask you was, you know, do you do you heal in PvP and in raids? Oh yeah, uh, I I heal in raids. I'm one of the main healers on our raid team. Uh, I don't really heal in PvP that much. I have recently, just because I'm trying to get the essence for uh, the, the rank 3 essence for my monk from PvP, because that's our best one. But uh, I, not my first choice. Okay. And so then you would play, I get, yeah, I guess DPS, since you're probably not playing the tank in PvP, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Arms Warrior would probably be my choice before this patch. And then... Uh, uh, marksmanship hunter for this patch no uh before this patch. Oh, okay. i haven't really played either of those two of this patch just because it's so unfriendly to alt yeah no i mean and that's what i was thinking like um you know or i was gonna say you were crazy for playing marksmanship this patch because i feel like marksmanship this entire expansion has really been a drag um yeah yeah it hasn't i mean it was it was great in legion and I don't, I don't even know what they did to it. It's just not as fun anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, like I thought that the PvP in Mr. Pandaria was really good with Marksmanship Hunter because you know you could you could technically move around, and I don't know if you remember the mechanic, but it was like if you cast Steady Shot enough, you would like earn procs, and then once you got enough of them, you could do an instant aim shot. So yeah, you know, you mm-hmm. know it was like Hunter, you could. You could move around and you know, do your traps and everything, and you had scatter shot at that point that you didn't have to talent into. Um, yep. I don't know. It was just overall better, but now it feels like they've they've taken a lot of that utility and put it into into survival, which isn't that bad, but it's still not my preference. Yeah, I I like survival well enough, but at some points during raids, like especially in the first patch of BFA, it just it, it's a lot. It's a lot that you have to deal with and manage. It's just kind of a... Ugh. I gotcha. Um, so then what's your... What is your favorite class to play in a raid? In a raid, right now, it would be Monk. Uh, I feel like Monk has... Ticks a lot of the boxes that I like. It's really mobile. It has good AoE. If you're a DPS and uh, if you're a healer, what I especially like this patch is that the PvP essence that you get from arenas is actually viable on some fights at least so uh the pvp essence uh gives you the pvp talent that turns your damage into healing for a certain amount of time uh so punch weaving or fist weaving is actually kind of viable and it's definitely viable in uh, uh, mythic pluses so that's a lot of fun i think it would definitely be a lot more valuable in mythic plus just because having that extra DPS for, like, your time crunch would be cru- uh, crucial, don't you think? Yeah, that too. But also, uh, if you're 
in a dungeon like with a ton of ads. You can pop that and just run to the middle and spinning crane kick and spam it, and everybody goes instantly to full health. And everybody, yeah. Because you're just pumping out a ton of damage. So you're, you're DPSing, you're healing, you're basically you know, winning the entire dungeon. Yep, it's pretty fun. The only downside is it costs a quarter of your mana, oh. so it is kind of risky to use sometimes. Okay. Like, I don't usually use it on boss fights, but yeah. So it's not really something that you can do a whole lot of. Otherwise, you're screwed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you think it's a problem that one of the best things for PvP is a good thing for PvE also? Uh, I I think it would be a lot bigger of a problem if it came from the quest that requires you to do a PvP island, because no one wants to do that. I've I've never met a person who's like, yeah, I'm gonna do PvP islands today. I I just that I'm never going to do that quest either, and I'm never going to get that essence because of it. All right. But so, I mean, fill me in a little bit because I'm not super familiar with this patch. I haven't really been playing a lot. What oh, you have to do quests for these different things now? Yeah, there's a couple essences that come from different quests, and there's one where you have to win, or you get a, you get a quest automatically when you go into a battleground that gives you three essences from for each of your specs. Uh, if you have those specs, at least. And its requirements are to win a regular battleground, win an epic battleground, and win a PvP island expedition. And you've never done a PvP island? No. I And I have absolutely no interest in doing that ever. But you wouldn't grind one out just for that essence, though? <sighs> if, if like, somebody else was like, hey, come help me with this shit, it's my best essence or whatever, then I'd totally help them or something. But I... It's not my. It's not a very good essence for me at all. So I'm never gonna seek that out. You know, it's funny because like at the beginning of the expansion, I was like, you know, I kind of thought that the islands were gonna be like Blizzard's new esport because, you know, I don't know if you play like other video games or whatever, but like League of Legends, yeah. um, uh, what are some? Uh, yeah, like Dota. Like you know, those games have a bunch of like PvP aspect or PVE aspects to it, but the main thing is like you're playing against other players. And I thought that you know islands were gonna be like WoW's answer to that. Like yeah, you know, you're on the island and maybe you get some like uh, you know, some power ups all over the place and you kill people and then you know you find the alliance and you smash them and steal all their shit. Yeah, yeah, I got that too. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too negative on islands, but. Uh... I just I haven't really enjoyed them at all. It's more like a chore than anything for me that uh, we always do at the end of the week because oh we got to do our islands to get a resurrect. But uh, so they're not really. I don't know. Fun. Maybe if I did, yeah, they're not that great. But maybe if I did end up doing a PvP island expedition, I'd enjoy it a lot more. I don't know. Well, I mean, what I've read is that they haven't. They definitely have not turned into that. So, you know, my my yeah. expectations for them might have been a little high. <laughs> but I thought they yeah. were a good idea at first. Um, I mean, are the rewards for them even worth it anymore? The Azerite is worth it, but uh, all the other rewards that you could potentially farm for, like the mounts and all that, their drop rates are just pretty abysmal for anything that you could actually want, and you can't seek out rewards. So, like, uh, me and me and Kuzisa, Kuzisa, uh, Kuzi yep. have been doing the uh, islands for every week since bfa came out together and like two weeks ago or like a week ago uh she got her first mount and i haven't gotten any mounts or like anything of actual value except for a couple toys oh well i mean are they good toys or not <laughs> no it's like one of them is i got a toy that turns you into a hosen that's kind of neat okay you know that could be worse um yeah do you remember back in Draenor when, like, a lot of the toys that they were giving out were, like, ones that you could only use in Draenor? Yeah. Those suck. Yeah, or, like, the, the effects that last 10 minutes and then have an hour cooldown or two-hour cooldown. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. It's kind of like the Winter Veal ones, too. They have a reduced cooldown in Winter Veal, but if you use them any other time, it's, like, a weak cooldown. Not really, but, you know. Yeah, so... Some of them make sense, and like the Avianus Feather, that makes sense. I wouldn't uh, say that should be used outside of Draenor, but yeah. all the other stuff, I don't know. Yeah. So, back a little bit to the rating. You know, I'm thinking that maybe you might kind of have your ear to the ground a little bit more than I would when it comes to, you know, like what people are complaining about. And 
do you think that people are upset that they have to PVE to be better in a PVE scenario? Um, I haven't really uh, met anyone who's complained about that yet, but I can definitely imagine that that person exists. Uh, and I would agree with them that having to PvP when you're doing PvE stuff is kind of annoying. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not it's not the worst thing ever. And usually the PvP essences aren't that great anyway. Or you could use a better one and it would be a very minimal downgrade. But uh, I can definitely understand the, the annoyance of that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because I think like in Warlords of Draenor, right, you had the gear sets that you could get from, um, or just like the, the regular honored gear. You know, when you were in PvP, it boosted up your eye level like a whole bunch. Um, and yeah. then when you're out just in the normal world, it was kind of a shitty gear set, but you still had one. And I felt yeah. like that was a really good system. But now, you know, it kind of seems like they're bringing back the, the stuff where you have to raid if you want to get the best in slot stuff for PvP too. And you know, yeah. that's a really big problem. Um, yeah. Or at least it is from like a <laughs> PvP sense because, you know, I... Bless you. Um, you know, I monitor, I monitor the arena forums and, um, you know, a lot of the people there are just complainers to begin with, but a lot of them, um, you know, are like really angry about that and they say that PvP sucks and it's not just because of the gear, but it's because of the balance too and there's all this and that. But, you know, just based on your your answer to my earlier question about having to PvP to PvE, you know, I almost wonder like how the raiders feel about like different patches and different raid tiers and stuff. Do you find that there's like a lot of people who complain about those kinds of things? Uh, absolutely, mostly the trinkets because uh, having PvE trinkets in PvP can be really frustrating. Like the Void Stone was a really big one for a long time from Crucible, uh, and there there have been a lot of those in the past too that have been kind of ridiculously overpowered and like Deathbringer's Will or uh whatever the one in Cataclysm was that turned you into a dragon. It was a strength trinket. Oh yeah. Uh and like Shadowmorn in PvP was ridiculous. You had a Fury Warrior running around the battleground just bulldozing people. Yeah. Um it's it's always been a really hard balance, but it's always the least fun when it's something that's just objectively so strong in pvp like girthalak in cataclysm which was the two-handed sword from deathwing that spawned a tentacle that would uh mind flay your target uh, that tentacle could absorb hunter traps so if you got a lucky spawn on top of yourself while you were being cc chained um the void tentacle could absorb a freezing trap and you wouldn't get cc'd from the hunter wow. like that kind of stuff where it's a melding of ridiculously good item and like RNG or something like that is really not fun in PvP. You know, that's funny because like really good warriors back in Cataclysm and even in MOP, like they would eat hunter traps by what was that ability that you had, like intercept or something? Or Yeah, intercept. Yeah. Um like, you know, you would see that the hunter would throw out the trap, you know, intercept your target, eat the trap, and then, you know, you'd already be taking damage or something. So it wouldn't yeah. even matter. So then you've, you've got that tentacle on top of it, and I'm sure that spawns all the time. Um, yeah. Jeez, that's nuts. Yeah, it was it was really crazy. And it would slow your target, too. So uh, the tentacle would. And I think that might have been intervene, actually. I don't remember. Intervene, inter but, yeah, yeah, intercept, whatever. Um, I think that Prot had a different one that starts with an S, but I can't think of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, those abilities are all gone anyways. It's not like we have to worry about it um yeah. they've all been pruned so <laughs> rest in peace so what do you know pvpers you know we complain about balance and having to actually try to get gear to play what do raiders complain mm -hmm. about um i'm in a pretty chill raiding guild right now they don't really complain about much more other than like everything else that everybody else complains about, like this being an alt unfriendly patch because essences are annoying to farm and whatever. Um, if I were to complain about uh, something, it would be having to, it would just be the essences really, having to farm them and having to like do uh, things that I don't want to do to get them. Like I don't, I don't, if 
I don't find Mechagon that interesting, uh, the dungeon at least. Uh, I've already gotten my rank 3 essence from there, but if I had to do that for like four more weeks or much longer than I have to, I probably wouldn't really want to. Because um, hard mode Mechagon, actually, you, you to upgrade your essence to rank 3 uh, for the Mechagon essence, the dungeon essence, uh, you have to get four items from the last boss in the dungeon. And if you run it on hard mode, you get two of those items each week. So you can do it in two weeks instead of four. That's great. Um, but if it was like, you know, collect 15 essences, I'd be like, uh. That's like those legendary quests where you would have to collect the items from the raid. And if yeah. you did like, you know, hard or um, not hard, heroic <laughs> or mythic, you would get more essences or whatever the item was. Yep. But this one, you only like, have to do uh... two. Yeah, like sigils in Highball or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Now, is the Mechagon dungeon, is that like a raid? Or is that like a, you know how they did like um, uh, Karazhan? It was kind of like, almost like a five-player yeah. raid. Yeah, it's like Karazhan. There's uh, eight bosses. It's just a really long dungeon, pretty much. Um, it's it's okay. I, I don't, I guess I'm giving it a little more crap than I actually feel for it. But I'm just saying that if I had to farm it for an extended period of time over like four weeks or something, I'd be like, oh, not good. Or, or more more than four weeks, I mean. Yeah, not good. But uh, it's a pretty, it's, it's an okay dungeon. It's just that it's, it's really long. And uh, doing it more and more, it gets easier and everything. You can, you can do it faster, but it's still, I don't know. Are the encounters any If fun? I didn't want... Uh, they're okay. They're, but there's there's not really... Like, if you're doing even normal raiding in Ashitar, uh, you're not really going to get any upgrades or anything from the loot. So, oh. so it's kind of like a, a casual person's raid. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. But at the same time, it, uh, if, you're, if you're a raider that's doing heroic content, um, and you need the essence from Mechagon, then you're simultaneously not going to get any upgrades, and you're going to have to do that for multiple weeks. So it's not a very uh, rewarding prospect, then. Yeah, not really. It's just you're going for the last item. But uh, thankfully, if you do the hard mode, you get a mount at the end of the run for one person guaranteed. What's the mount? Pretty nice. Uh, it's the aerial... Uh, aerial unit thing that flies around Mechagon and uh, targets you when you're flying on the map. <laughs> when you're mounted on a flying mount. Okay, I gotta look this up. What is it? Aerial unit? Uh, Something like that. If you search hard mode Mechagon now, you might find Let's it. Let's see. Mech Mechagon. Yeah, I have not... Um, again, for like the hundredth time, I <laughs> haven't really checked out the new stuff. I did see that cool mount, though, that, pe that it's like... um. It's like just a wheel that you sit you sit in the center of. Yeah, it's not that. Oh, one. okay. What is that? That one? one's from uh, an achievement. Oh, okay. Which is a very lengthy achievement too. Oh, Mechagon Peacekeeper. Uh, it's that mount. Uh, I think the Mechagon Peacekeeper is the spider tank mount. Oh yeah, that's the spider tank mount. Okay. All right, so it's yeah. this one that you just linked to me in Discord. Yep. Oh, that's kind of cool. Flying guy. Yeah, it's all right. And only one person gets that per run? Yep, but thankfully you can trade it. So if, you, uh, if you're if you running with the same group and somebody who already had it gets it, then they can trade it to somebody who doesn't. I gotcha. I guess that is the cool thing about like doing current content. Like You can actually have the cool stuff before it's a few expansions old. Yeah. Now, which... I mean, how do you... Personally... You know, what do you think makes a raid encounter good? Um, having to draw on dif different aspects and strengths of players in specific roles. Like having, uh, you know, a DPS mechanic and then a healing mechanic and then a tank mechanic, I guess. Uh, and having to work those together into a cohesive unit and have like a plan that the players have to adapt to and everything. All right, so what's a good example of that? Um, I think, like, uh, I want to say uh, Garrosh uh, in Miss Pandaria was, was a pretty neat encounter, except 
feel like that doesn't match my own criteria. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I don't know. I'd say Black Fuse. Black Fuse was pretty great because uh, you had to, you know, set people aside. Like you're going to be the conveyor belt people. You're going to have to get up on the conveyor belt and damage stuff. And then uh, healers are constantly having to deal with the tank mechanic. And uh, it's stacking debuff. I think he had. I don't, I don't quite remember. Yeah, Black Fuse. I remember doing the the conveyor belt all the time, and it's just that you had to yep. you had to kill all the things, otherwise you'd wipe the raid or something. Yeah, I rated on Hunter too. I I know the the belt duty. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that I like though in raids where you have to be like, okay, who's gonna be the person to do the thing? Or like, you know, who's these are the group that do the thing? Yeah, it's almost like the um, what was that boss in Hellfire Citadel? Where you have to uh, get into the robot. Oh, uh, Sakrathar. Yeah, yeah. Sakrathar. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Yeah, he was a he was kind of a tough fight. I, yeah, I I didn't really raid in uh, Hellfire Citadel because it's the end of Wad and I was kind of uh, beaten down from the expansion. But yeah. Yeah, so that's funny. I think I played a lot at the beginning of the at the beginning of Wad, and then I took a break halfway through, and then I came back, and then. You know, Hellfire was probably one of the... Well, I, I did Siege of Orgrimmar, but I did Hellfire in, like, an actual guild. Um, yeah. You know, and progressed through all the, f the fights through that, so that was nice. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I like that raid, because it was difficult, you know. Um, I think that a lot of the encounters were good. What um, Which raid tier do you think would be your favorite? That's uh that's a really hard question. I know. Um I I uh hmm. That is pretty tough. I I would have to say Throne of Thunder was like the best thematically, I think, or one of the best thematic thematically at least cuz like that trailer was so good. It was it was in rhymes. It's fantastic. Um, and the island was really cool, and a lot of the fights were pretty inspired, and yeah. But I also really liked Siege of Ogremar, even though it lasted forever and everything, because that was about the time that like my guild started selling challenge mode carries. Oh, okay. And that was pretty great. Um, and I got that. I got to get those sets and everything, and that was a lot of fun. Um, the challenge mode at the end of Siege of Ogremar, or the like. Not the challenge mode, I should say, but the um, you know, like the ahead of the curve stuff for Siege of Orgrimmar was cool too, because you could get those arrows. Yeah. yeah, I I actually only got uh, the two-handed axe and uh, the one-handed mace, which I'm kind of bummed about because I really would have liked that bow. Yeah, I have the bow and the axe. Yeah. Um, which you know are cool, but I think I I think it would have been cool to have the other ones though, like the sword too. That would have been cool in the shield, because those are like yeah. you know true horde weapons, you know, right there. Like, yep. kind of the classic stuff. Yeah, uh, and they're good BOAs, too. Yeah, right, that on top of it. You know, I think, um, I was going to say, Siege of Orgrimmar was a good one, but my, my favorite was probably Hellfire Citadel, just for the reasons that I, I listed a little while ago, that, you know, it was one of the first raids that I actually kind of worked through with a guild that wasn't already, like, overgeared for it. And, yeah. you know, like, you know, I, th I would say that most of my content preferences are PvP, but it's nice mm -hmm. to like work through things with people rather than against people at times. Yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of fun in uh, Battle of Desire Lore. That uh, uh, that was mostly because the uh, guild that I was with and the guild that I joined after that one fell apart was pretty guys pretty great. Um, but I like none of those fights really stand out to me that much. And like the Jaina fight is neat but I hate it because it's Jaina and she just teleports away in the end oh. and there's no consequence, <laughs> but that's, that's all my personal take on it. Well, right. And you know, I haven't really done the raid, but I like how, you know, they're, they're riding up to Dazar lore and, you know, Matthias Shaw shows up and he's just like, yeah, we planted the bombs and then just like obliter yeah. obliterates the, uh, the Navy there with like, you know, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nothing personal. Super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. So, you know, some questionable storytelling there, but what can you do? Yeah. 
Now, there's still some good fights in there. What are some good ones? Um, I feel like the uh, the Gronk fight was pretty interesting. That was very healer mechanic heavy, and uh, it it really was just kind of a damage race. But at the same time, it was it was still kind of interesting because you had to determine when you were going to use the the ball that you get from the robots that makes Gronk rage. Is that the uh, gorilla guy? Yeah, the gorilla. Okay. And uh, Conclave was pretty pretty interesting too, though. Except uh, sometimes that boss could be pretty annoying because people would stand in the frog jumps and then get like bounced outside of the bubble that the bird protects you from, or the, the, the bird provides, and then die, and then you would you would wipe on just people standing in the frog. Oh. Okay. That's not great. Now, how was uh, Mechatorx fight? Oh, that too. That was that was an interesting one. That was like uh, one of the new new kinds of mechanics that they added that are questionable, especially for like pugs. Um, uh, the the little running joke was colorblind people. <laughs> what do colorblind people do? I don't know. Uh, that uh, that was also that was. I want to say that was a good fight. D- despite how frustrating it was at times of people like either refusing to use their mics to call out their robots or just uh, not knowing what to do when they get in a robot. It was a good fight. Okay, so help me understand the colorblind one. Like, oh, yeah. Were things well, color-coded? You, uh, yeah, yeah, it was color-coded. So, uh, um, the robots spawn around the, the boss arena and uh, people occasionally get shrunk. And the shrunk people have to run to the robots and get into the robots. And then uh, they see on, like, there's three robots at a time. They see the other robots have a colored projection over their heads. And they have to be like, okay, uh, you in robot number two, you have blue above your head. And then the person in robot number two has to press their blue button. Oh. because you can't see your own projection, but everybody else in the other robots can see your projection. Oh gosh. Okay. So if you're not in a voice chat for that one, then you're you're screwed. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> you can type it out theoretically, but uh, I. Uh... I feel like that's one of the things that like WoW has taught me to do, though. Like especially when I was younger, when I I didn't have like a mic or you know you had to hop in Ventrilo, and I don't know about you, but I started playing WoW when I was like you know thir- uh, thirteen or fourteen, so. And my parents yeah. weren't always letting me into voice chat with strangers on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, it teaches you to type out, heal me, you know, really fast or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Or dispel. Yeah, dispel, yeah, dispel right? <laughs> so, yeah. Pauline, help! Yep. So, thankfully, we I don't have to worry about that too much anymore, but I can only imagine that that would be absolute mayhem. Um, yeah. Honestly, that part wasn't so bad as it was um, because... Uh, a lot of uh, we we would have enforced push to talk in our guild uh, for most of the raid, but then because some people uh, had trouble with that, apparently uh, we would move into a separate channel that wasn't enforced push to talk that everybody could be open mic on, and then uh, just for the mechatork fight we would go open mic for everybody. Yeah, and then when it's open mic for everybody, you get you know kids fighting in the background, yeah. one guy vaping, and then like. <laughs> You know, just terrible mic noise. Yeah, all things that you don't want to hear. Like, yeah. um, yeah, one of the main problems that we have in my household is one of my cats, like, is you know pretty vocal and she's, oh, yeah. you know, she she sounds like she's a dying animal in the background. So that can be a little oh. distracting when you're in an arena. But oh well, what can you do? Yeah. So rapid fire round here, Sid. You know, we've been talking mm-hmm. about raids for a good amount of time here. So, what we're going to do is we're going to go through some endgame bosses, and you're mm-hmm. going to tell me which one would come out on top in a duel. Okay. Um, now, I don't know if it will come up at all, but if the boss can summon minions or if they have a fun mechanic in this 1v1 scenario, they can still use it. You know, if they summon, like, an army or whatever, uh, which I don't think they do, but, you know, it's, it's, it's 1v1 in the sense that it's one boss and all of their stuff against another one. All right. All right. So we're just going to go through, and maybe we... Yeah, all right. So the first right. first matchup is Cthune versus Gahoon. Uh, Gahoon? Gahoon? Because Gahoon, yeah. 
because he's got you know all the blood trolls and stuff. Like if we're assuming that uh, like Gahoon escapes Nazmir. Well, I mean, like it, yeah, but like in the context of like what they're capable of in the fight. Oh, yeah. Um, at what? Eh. Uh, maybe I, I changed my answer. Actually, I'd say Cthulhu because Cthulhu is really just a big slug. Yeah, he doesn't really do anything. All all his scary mechanics are from the environment around him. Like, yeah. And it's true that you do need to power like a super powered weapon to kill him. Yeah. And I guess he does have all the blood trolls, but then Cthulhu also has all the scarabs and stuff, right? Yeah, the the Cthraxi or whatever. Sure, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah the the silithids and yeah whatever the Ankaraji empire is yeah all right i can respect that answer all right so the next up uh the next matchup is kaothas versus xavius it's uh xavius i would i think because uh xavius is giant scary rat monster and uh or at least he he has like a giant rat tail, yeah. so I, I consider him a rat monster. Right. But uh, Kelthas is scary magic weaving fireball guy, and I feel like that loses in the matchup of gigantic terrifying nightmare lord rat monster. Kelthas is also kind of a bitch. Yep. So, although he did uh, survive Tempest Keep somehow, so it was merely maybe he back, would live yeah. again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a a good answer there. All right, so the next one is the Four Horsemen versus Tectus. Uh, f- mm. Four Horsemen? Because uh, both... Tectus, like, divides himself into, into several units of himself. So having a, a big party to fight them is, is good, I think. But Tectus can and... also, you know, rise the mountains. Yeah, but uh, I like Alexandros Mograin, so... Fair enough. <laughs> he's he's one of my favorite characters in WoW. So. He's the Ashbringer. Yeah, he's awesome. Well, he, yeah, he's the Ashbringer, right? Uh, yeah, doesn't he get... Um, didn't in the Wrath of the Witch King version, he got replaced by Baron Rivendare? Yeah, yeah, I believe he did. See, I never did the vanilla version, so that's why I'm kind of looking forward to Classic WoW, because you know, I never got to do vanilla Nax Ramus. Yeah, I didn't do it either, but um, the Ashbringer comics are like some of my favorite pieces of wild lore. Oh, really? And, uh, yep, he appears in the Ashbringer comics as the one of the horsemen. So I don't know a lot about the comics. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what are some? Not to you know veer away from our subject here, but what what are some like what? Are, I don't know. Um, I've heard, you know I was talking to Cass last week. I don't know. You probably listened to that one, and they were saying that the variant comics were shit. Oh yeah, I haven't actually read uh, much more than the Ashbringer comics. I've read a little bit of one of the uh, one of the variant comics, I think. But uh, the Ashbringer ones are my favorite, just because it's the it's the origin story of the Ashbringer, and it's it's fantastic and emotional, and uh, it's just the story of how Alexandros became the Ashbringer, and then how Darian after him took up the sword and everything. And I just feel like that's like such a fantastic story. Um, but it's just like four issues. It's a pretty quick read. Oh, okay. And yeah, you don't really see a lot of that like good storytelling in WoW anymore. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'll check that one out. Um, okay. All right. So the next matchup, this one's good. Mm-hmm. Kalthuzad versus Illidan. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I I feel like I want to say, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I want to say Kelthazad, but with a with a caveat that is, if if liches actually worked the way that they should in WoW, which they seemingly don't, because uh, we never destroyed Kelthazad's phylactery, but he's he's dead. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, oh, that's right. They've kind of got like that, like bad RPR mechanic where it's just like, oh, you can kill me. You just have to figure out how, uh, kind of. Yeah. But, uh, it's more like you can kill a lich, but they'll come back. 
right. because they'll their soul will return to their phylactery and they'll re- be able to reconstruct themselves into their lich form after a certain amount of time. But well, to truly kill them, you have to destroy their phylactery. Well, I mean, um, apparently with Illidan, it's kind of the same thing. We killed him in Black Temple and then he came back. Yeah, it seems like it. Although, is that did we actually kill him or did? Well, he's got the did immortal they, demon. Do they wreck on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because okay. I, I don't know if um if you ever died in the demon hunter starting zone. Yeah. But uh, if you let I, that dude kill you or sacrifice you. Yep, Illidan talks to you. Yeah, he's like, oh, you have the eternal demon soul too. Yeah. You're so special. <laughs> yep. But that's going to be a long fight then. Well, I guess it's kind of irrelevant now because he's locked away for all eternity, but whatever. Yeah. I'd say in the WoW lore, Illidan would win every time. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. And then semifinals here. Yogg-Saron or Argus the Unmaker? Argus? I think. Yeah. Uh, Yogg-Saron inflicts madness into people and that's his shtick and argus is already kind of at that point especially in the mythic version where he's just yelling at you half the time what is that ability Uh, that he has like sunder reality or something yeah something like that uh and that was a really tough fight too yeah yeah that fight sucked yep and he just kills the players in one hit so yeah (laughs) yep okay yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he'd probably fuck Yogg's wrong shit up, but... Yeah. Alright, and we're gonna go into a little bit of a bias here for the for the last one. Uh, who would win here? Garrosh or... or Garrosh or Jaina? Uh, Jaina? Well, uh, if we're talking about the, uh, the specific fight at the end of Siege of Ogrimmar, yeah. then I think still Jaina, because... It's just, it's a pretty clear-cut fight when you have a, a spellcaster versus a non-spellcaster. And even with the, the heart and stuff, Garrosh still isn't really a spellcaster. He just has weird tentacly stuff. Uh, so I feel like Jaina, especially with what's revealed to be her power level now, could just either teleport him into the sun or just like fly around on her gigantic floating ship and just nuke him from orbit. Okay, that's fair. But don't you think harnessing the power of the Shah, Garrosh could take advantage of Jaina's hatred and manipulate her from within? Yeah, probably. But I, I feel like if you're using hatred and stuff, you're just going to make her angry and, and more likely to try and beat you up more. I don't know, Sid. This is uh, questionable because I feel like your alliance bias is showing. Oh, uh-huh. I, I hate Jaina so much. <laughs> I just... Oh, you do? I wish she was gone, yes. See, I, I like Jaina as a character, but I feel like it's just that she's been put into kind of unwinnable, uh, you know, unwinnable scenarios, first of all, in the yeah. past, and just kind of been a subject of Blizzard's bad writing overall. Yeah, that's that's exactly my problem with her. I don't hate her as a character. I love her character in Warcraft 3 up until, like, Wrath of the Lich King and stuff like that. Yeah. But from, from Missa Pandaria on, it's like, Okay, what are you doing now? What like what's your character's purpose? Because in Battle for Azeroth, it, she's so wishy-washy. On like, just a little while ago, she was like, dismantle the horde, very, and kill them all. <laughs> and and now she's like, well, it's, uh, some of them are okay, and it's just, eh. And and her power scaling is so off the charts as well with the gigantic ship and being able to immediately teleport away at at a moment's notice and then being able to freeze like half the sea or not actually half the sea but as much sea as she does mm-hmm. is ridiculous and then wipe away all the plague with her magic yeah i mean don't you think that's kind of like one of the redeeming qualities about wow though is having uh, like you know, kind of like the cool jump the car like and you know maybe you know they could express a little bit of um not caution, maybe express a little, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, restraint. You know, express a yeah. little restraint with, uh, you know, jumping the shark. You know, maybe yeah. make it a, a 10 pound shark rather than a 50 pound shark. Yeah. Um, 
but it'd be like you know Jaina extinguishes the plague in Lordaeron and then she flies her gigantic ship over to people and then gets to the scene with the throne room where they're all trapped and everything and Jaina isn't the one to save them it's like somebody else because she's like oh I'm winded from uh, levitating this gigantic ship the entire time we're in here yeah believe it or not levitating a ship and firing all of its cannons multiple times is a little costly on your manifold yeah yeah. No, I mean that's fair. Yeah, Jaina would probably beat Garrosh, and just like speaking in meta terms, I feel like a frost mage would always destroy a warrior just because they're a caster, yeah. especially later in the expansion. Like warriors just have a hard time against casters. Yep. And no self healing too. It's kind of difficult. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of uh, tough encounters, Sid, you just had a character go through the right of the river. For the South mm-hmm. Fury Watch, are we are we allowed to talk about that sacred tradition here? Yeah, sure. I don't see why not. Okay, so first of all, how long have you been in the South Fury Watch? Uh, at at least like a year and a half, or like two years, I think, because I remember uh, seven point three. Well, I think seven point three, right? I'll patch me on now. I don't know. We're Argus like came out. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Argus came out uh, while I was in the watch, and I remember, like, having having the uh, the RP where it's like, "Holy shit, there's a moon in the sky that wasn't there before." Yeah, and and that was fun. So then you really haven't been in for much longer than I have. Uh, I guess not. Yeah. Okay. Because. Uh, yeah. No, that's funny because I thought that I mean you know when I joined with Bob's I don't know it must have been the. A year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, I figured that you guys had all just been around there for, you know, a long time. Yeah. But uh, were you in the Dustwall campaign with uh, the Volcar and other people? Uh, no, not with the Volcar. I think I joined like right after that because I remember you guys were talking about it. I joined right before um, the second Dustwall campaint where um, I can't remember her name, but we killed think... like we killed some orc. Yeah, it was Rokaz's event yeah. with uh, Murak, I think? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really have a, a strong grasp on time, honestly. But no, I'd okay. say, I'd say, yeah. Uh, I've been in the watch for a long time. So you were, you guys were in the Dustwallow Marsh with the Volcar Legion. What were you guys doing there? Uh, we had a PvE PvP campaign uh, type thing that we were working out cross faction. Oh, that's and, right. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember the exact setup for it, but uh, the watch ended up having to leave that. Okay, I gotcha. So you've been in the watch for about two years, let's say, yep. and you've gone through the right of the river how many times? Twice, actually. Twice. Yeah, just once on Sid and once on my alt. Okay. So what is your interpretation of the significance of the right of the river for the guild? Uh, I think if you asked each of my characters that, they would give you very, very different answers. Yeah. Uh, I think that Cedrus would have a lot more philosophical an answer than Kombozu, Kombozu, who would say, like, they want you to prove their allegiance by jumping off this big rock. And, uh, uh diving into the river that's like 200 feet below you yep but uh seedrith would say something more like uh you you start the climb as a regular guy and then you emerge from the waters as a true watcher or something i feel like that's like a sign that i used to see going into like boy scout camp like and yep. enter a boy leave a man yep exactly okay see yeah, that was funny because like the first time, or not the first time, the only time I've done that was when Vrog was doing it, and um, you know I was straight up there with you know my girlfriend in real life, Bops, my part, you know mm-hmm. my RP partner, and we were sitting in front of the cliff, and he was just like talking about how you know you, you have to you have to climb up the cliff, and you can do so as a team, or you can try to knock each other off. And we were just like sitting there, like this guy friggin' nuts. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, Lance has just got to push his wife to her, push his wife to her death, you yeah. know, off off a cliff. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. So, 
you know, that was a good time. But I think that's one of the things that I like about the watch is like, you know, there's a lot of different like cultures for different guilds, like outside of, um, or like, you know, with the Horde specifically, you know, racial guilds have a lot of culture to them um, specifically for their race. Yeah. You know, and I think that's why you see a lot more of like race specific guilds on the horde than you do the alliance except yeah, for like maybe like you know dwarves um mm -hmm. but i think it's cool that the watch has you know you know they do restrict some races but you know it's it's multiracial but they still have a strong culture in like you know those events that they have you partake in and the rituals and you know kind of just like the you know being uh on the outskirts of civilization and you know surviving and doing all this and that yep so i think you know that that right of the river event is a really cool way to kind of fully, you know, invest yourself in the guild. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty cool tradition that we have. And I still remember when uh, Frogmar did the right for Cedrith too. Uh, Cedrith got out of the water and was like, uh, okay, so why? And, uh, why do we do was, that? <laughs> yeah. Why do we do that? And uh, I remember asking him to, uh, what's red dust and honor mean? And he gave like this really uh, impassioned and aggressive speech about it. And it was great. What does red dust and honor mean? Uh, it's uh, that's something I could explain a lot better through text than I could verbally. It's uh, it's just the, the bond that you have to the land and that your ancestors are the red dust before you that you now tread upon and you will soon become the red dust as well as you spill your blood on one's hands your dirt of the barons and yeah that's kind of fatalistic don't you think a little bit yeah but uh it's it's fitting for like uh an orc guild whose uh, goal in their life is to have an honorable death after a lifelong uh duty or a life spent pursuing their duty and their culture and everything and honor and protecting the uh the breadbasket of the horde yep or so you would have us believe yep that the land called the barons is the breadbasket i i have a little bit of a different opinion on the that uh that term the breadbasket <laughs> i feel like it's more like the the bacon basket there's probably a lot more pig <laughs> farmers but yeah <laughs> Well, I think people would probably prefer bacon over bread anyway, so yeah, maybe it's a good thing that we're hanging around. You can meet in the middle and have BLTs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, all right, so you've been in the guild for two years, and you are a watchmaster in the guild. Mm -hmm. Now, what is your, your role as an officer? Um, You mean in character or out of character? A little bit of both. Okay, well, out of character... Uh, I just contribute my ideas to the progression of the guild and where we're going and stuff like that. And, like, we'll get together and talk sometimes about, like, we're having this upcoming campaign or this event or we have uh, something planned. And then we'll talk about our ideas and stuff like that and share our uh, perspectives on it. And uh, in character, Cedrith's job is kind of the same as it's always been and that he's taken since he uh, joined the Watch which is uh, like a general advisor or somebody who would uh, give extra options to the watchmaster, somebody like that. And on top of his watcher duties that he's taken for himself, like uh, making sure there's no litter in the barrens, making sure all the zebra are well-kept and not being poached and looking after the wildlife in general. Okay. Now, all right, so that's good, yeah, because I was—I think I was talking to both Vazzy and Cass about, you know, what their roles were, and you know, Vaz's characters were like kind of like in character leaders, and Cass was just kind of like a administrator. So I, you know, I think you know every orc probably needs that person standing over their shoulder, being like, "Is that really a good idea?" Yeah, mm -hmm. you know. You can't so, kill this one yet. It's our friend. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. We, you know, that that's not a wise decision. Yeah, yeah. a torrent, a torrent is probably a good person to fill that role. Yeah, I feel like it's very uh, thematic of a torrent druid in a very warrior and hunter like guild to uh, have that role. I gotcha. Now, you guys recently made a change 
where we're kind of doing away with the pre-existing rank structure. Yeah. What kind of led you guys to do that? Well, uh, the pre-existing rank structure was kind of like we would have Watchmasters with their individual Watchmaster divisions. Uh, so those divisions don't really have that many members anymore. I think we have like a couple Outriders still, but we don't have any Seers or Mystics or uh, many Scouts. So uh, the divisions are kind of just not used, so we decided to do away with them, I guess. Okay. So more just kind of fixing the guild to be more present in its current iteration. Yeah, or kind of like streamlining streamlining it. Do you think that that's going to change your role at all in the guild or do you think that you know the 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 present watchmasters are still going to do what they were going to keep on doing and that's just the way that it's going to be? No, it doesn't really change anything. It uh honestly it's just more of a formality than anything in my opinion. It's just okay. sort of like a we can stop thinking about who is in what division now and we can move on. All right. Okay. You know, I was going to ask you about, like, you know, guild size and stuff and, like, you know, what do you think the ideal guild size, but I, I guess I'm more interested to know, like, how long have you been role-playing at WoW? Uh, I'd say since Warlords of Draenor, really. I was in... I was on Emerald Dream in Warlords of Draenor, and I played with a guild called the Gorwatha Warband, which was a not really a troll-only guild, but a troll-centric guild. Yeah. And uh, that's where I got my start role-playing as a uh, forest troll hunter. So did you kind of, like, progress into a role-player? Like, were you just, like, a PvP? Or, like, you were on Emerald Dream, so I can <laughs> only imagine that you were doing a lot of PvP over there. Yeah, yeah, I was. Actually, um, I think how I got to the server in the first time was also still related to RP, because I remember once I just, I was bored for some reason, and I wanted to level a character on a realm that I hadn't played on before, so I, I started up on Venture Co, because that's an RP realm too, but it's also a very low population realm, or it was at the time, uh, and it was cross-realm zoned with um, Emerald Dream. So I would level the Undead Rogue, and I got to Brill, and I found a bunch of people role-playing in Brill on Emerald Dream, but they were cross-realmed in my zone. And I just kind of watched them for a while, So I was an Undead Rogue, so I was just lurking behind them in stealth. And uh, something really cool happened, and like some Draenei came out of nowhere and started attacking them, and they were like role-playing through their PvP. And I just thought that was really cool. And uh, so... <laughs> I, I approached one of them out of character and was like, hey, that's really cool. Can I, like, join your guild or something? And they were like, cross realm, you can't join our guild because you're on Venture Co. Yep. Uh, so I, I re-leveled somebody else on uh, on Emerald, Emerald Dream. Dream. And uh, I should have asked them what races they accept because I did not anticipate that they would not accept trolls because they were an undead-only guild. Oh. Uh, so I made a, a troll rogue instead, and I came up with a story for him. I was like, oh, well, shit, I got, like, this whole story now for a troll rogue. What do I do with him? And uh, yep. found a troll guild instead. The Gorwatha Warband. Yep. Okay. And so then eventually you made it to Wormus Accord. Is the Watch the only guild that you've been in here? Uh, no, I was actually in the Volcar before. Uh, and I had actually transferred that same uh, Forest Troll Hunter that I made after I made the Rogue on uh, Emerald Dream that I had kind of taken to as my main after that to Wormestacord. So I had my Forest Troll Hunter on Wormestacord, and he joined the Volcar. And uh, then I met the Watch through role-playing with the Volcar. Yep. And uh, no offense to the Volcar or anything, but I was like, I'm going to make an alt. And... Uh, play with these South three watch guys so i made sid and i i leveled him up through the watch as well i think i was like level 18 when i joined yeah okay yeah no i think i you know i like um i like bolus quite a bit you know he and i have you know that same pvp mog and so i think yeah you know, every person that i've met who's had that mog i kind of feel like you know a kinship to them yeah, right, exactly. Like, you know, we've we've been through the same struggle. So, you yeah. know, it's you know, we've got that that brotherhood through blood. 
yeah i usually feel the opposite about that actually uh whenever oh, really? i see like yeah whenever i see another warrior with the the primal elite gear i'm like oh that's another guy who face rolled through pvp <laughs> i did too and now i'm remembering that i face rolled through it and i feel bad about it oh that's funny okay well i mean I guess I, it's it's nothing really to be proud of, I think, because I definitely did the same thing. You know, at the beginning of Warlords of Draenor, uh, Beast Mastery Hunters were so absurd. Yeah. Um, you you warriors probably remember. Were too. Yeah, Warriors were too, uh, to be fair. Uh, that's actually how I got 2K, was playing with a Warrior and a Mistweaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we definitely just obliterated everybody. You know, because that was back when Stampede was still an ability. That yep. didn't suck. And, you know, it had the five-minute cooldown, and you would just go in there and smack yep so yep. yep i miss those days uh yeah wow so you've only been playing Torin for a little while then yeah just since uh probably the beginning of legion around there yeah okay so do you i mean have you been to like other like Torin events on the server like the uh the soup night or the story circle or anything like that uh yeah, I've been to the soup night and I think I've attended the story circle at least once. Yeah. Do you know a lot of the people in the Tauren community? Not really. I don't uh I'm a little bit of a hermit, which is fitting for Sid because he is too. But uh yeah, I, I haven't really talked to anybody else about the Tauren lore or anything. Oh, okay. Well I mean do you think that you're a solid source of Tauren lore or no. if not if not Torrid lore, maybe Druid lore? Um, I don't know about Druid lore, or or any of the lore, really, if I'd be an expert on it. But uh, I, I feel like I have a, a solid grasp of the personality that a Druid would have and the intricacies of such. Okay. Well, I mean, these are all uh, good things that you're saying to me, Sid, because we have reached uh, the moment that everyone has been waiting for. Oh boy, is uh, it a quiz? Oh, this is this is the most anticipated logical test of our century. Oh, great! Uh, it is the opportunity that all yearn for to put their wits to the test. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the lore master feat of strength. Oh, uh-huh. uh huh. Uh. Sid, today you have the chance to earn this coveted feat. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad you say that because these questions are definitely uh, Torin themed. Fantastic. So I'm feeling pretty good that you're going to uh, knock these dead here. So five questions, five chances to reap your skulls. Um all of them are multiple choice, so you have that working for you. Mm-hmm. And if you get all five of them right, Sid, you will be the first person ever to earn this prestigious uh, feat. Okay. All right. You feeling good? Yep. All right. Anybody, all right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> all right. Question number one. This one should be pretty easy. We'll start off with the easy ones. In the Torrin starter zone, Ahab Wheathoof has lost his dog, and he asks uh, he asks new adventurers to find him. Mm-hmm. What is the name of Ahab's dog? Is it A. Kevin, B. Kyle, C. Tucker, or D. Henry? It is B. B is. You, you said it was Kyle, right? Yes, correct. Kyle. It's Kyle. Very yeah. good. Yep. Well, if nothing else, at least you got twenty percent of the questions right. Huzzah! That's that's almost an F. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. So this uh, this next quest or question might test your your lore knowledge just a little bit more. So the Lunar Festival is an event held in Moonglade where heroes get to shoot off fireworks and slay Omen, the blessed but also tainted beast. But what does the Lunar Festival actually celebrate? Is it A, Alun's power, B, the peace brought by Druidism and Azeroth, C, Blizzard actually only made it because of public backlash, or D, 
to celebrate the defeat of the Burning Legion. Uh, hmm. That's that's a that's a tough one. Uh, in, entirely guesswork. I'm gonna say that Blizzard made it for backlash, but also that it was the defeat of the Burning Legion. Okay, well you have to pick one. Okay, this is the defeat of the Burning Legion. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. I almost I, thought I was gonna get you with that. No, I have no idea what the backlash would have been, but that's something I would entirely believe. I was gonna, I was, I was kind of hoping that maybe you would think like, oh well, they have a, they have a Christmas event in there. Maybe they made the uh-huh. Lunar Festival for like Chinese New Year or something. I don't yeah. Know. No. Um, I don't think that that's related to it, but it's around <laughs> the same time, I think. Bless you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so we got two out of five. This is very good. I thought I was gonna get you with that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So question number three. Arc Druid Fandral Staghelm was a leader of the Cenarian Circle before he joined Ragnaros and became a flame wizard. A lot of things built up to his betrayal, including the death of his son. What was his son's name? Was it A. Loganar B. Dendrite C. Valstan or D. Jarund not a not a singular clue. Uh, C. Which one was C again? I have no idea. All right, yeah, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna read them off again. All right. Uh, a. Loganar. B. Valstan. C. Dendrite. Or D. Jarund. It was Valstan. It was Valstan. Oh, fantastic! I knew that all along. It wasn't a guess. Very good, Sid. Wow. I mean, th- this is looking really promising. Three out of five. Um, wow. Yeah, Valstan. He gets uh, he gets captured by one of the uh, Karaji generals and then gets torn in half in front oh. of Fandral. Yep, I had no idea. Yeah, Fandral then gets pretty pissed off and something or other happens and that's he gets mad, and that's actually the reason why Teldrassil is not a world tree, because oh. Alun got mad or something. Oh, okay. So that that's some interesting lore there. Yeah. All right. Are you feeling confident about these last two? Yep. Just <laughs> absolutely. All right. So question four. Yep. In the in the thousand needles, the player character is enlisted by a mysterious force to collect items from from Grim Totem Tauren in order to complete a strange ritual. This is, of course, I'm talking, of course, about the items that you collect to summon Magatha's uh, serpent and kill. Yep. The, the serpent or something. Um, which of the following items is not collected for this ritual? Is it A, the Scepter of Tranquility? B, the writ of history. D, the rattle of bones. Or D, the drums of war. I'm going to say A, the scepter of tranquility. Wow, very good. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a Grim Totem thing. I had no idea, but that doesn't that doesn't jive with the Grim Totem. Uh, sh- I, I should have uh, thought of that because I made that one up. Oh. Uh, I thought it sounded druidish which it, you know was kind of torny yeah it does sound druidish but i I feel like the grim totem aren't really known for being druids that's <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> shows what i know about torn lore hey, sorry all right well we can't have you winning this sid so this last question will surely break your knowledge all right all right drum roll please sunwalker desco yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yep. <laughs> Sunwalker Desco had two children. One died, but the other survived. What is the name of his surviving child? Mm. Is it A. Cloudhoof? B. Brightmane? C. Sagewind? Sagewind? Or D. Redhorn? Uh, again, uh, I. 
completely know that it is sage horn sage wind and uh that's not a guess and the fact that i uh said that name so perfectly without stuttering means that i'm 100 percent confident in sage wind sage wind uh unfortunately said you got that question wrong oh damn it is d red horn uh but that was an admirable effort mm-hmm and it goes to show that today the feat of strength has triumphed over you as it has many before. But you should feel proud at your valiant effort. Yep. Four out of five is not bad. Four out of five is, I mean, you did better than Vaz and Cass. Yeah. You know, those those losers. So. Now Kuz uh, is going to beat me next. Well, to beat you, she's got to uh, she's got to get five out of five. Yeah, she's she's the real troll lore master. Oh, is she really? Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, I was. She's definitely. She's up next on the podcast, so yep. I will be uh, going after her, and I'm sure that we will discuss all kinds of good lore stuff with trolls. Absolutely. I mean, that's such a broad topic too, because you have so many different tribes. Yeah. And we. So we were actually Lance and her were talking in character about the different tribes and like stuff I definitely didn't know. Even as a person, like I probably could have looked it up, but like uh, Jin means great or something. Yeah, or leader generally. Yeah. Um, so like you know, tops Jin, yeah, or, or Lance Jin or something. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Uh, and then there was a couple other titles too that I can't think of off the top of my head, but yeah, like Zul. Yeah, Zul. Is, yeah, which was it? Uh, Zul actually kind of means great, or it means typically the head honcho of the village. That's uh, you're like the strongest guy. Oh. And then Jin is kind of like the leader, so like the Amani tribe has Zul Jin, which is the title that they give to whoever the, their, whoever's uh, leading them. Maybe that's what I was thinking of, that Zul is great. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's all just a different way of saying I've got the biggest dick, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. So. <laughs> well, all right, Sid. Uh, you know, thank you for joining me this week. I hope it was a. It was definitely a pleasure for me to talk to you. Yes. And yeah, hopefully one day when everything comes around, you will be joining us again on the South Fury Watch podcast. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody listening at home, you've heard it for the past hour and you'll hear it again. Broadcasting to you live internationally across the galaxy, this was the South Fury Watch podcast. Pushes life to her death. Oh.